Good morning. How are you? I have a big interest in education, and I think we all do. We have a huge vested interest in it, partially because it's education that's meant to take us into this future. So I want to talk about education, and I want to talk about creativity. My contention is that creativity is now as important in education as literacy, and we should treat it with the same status. I heard a great story recently of a girl who was in a drawing lesson. She was six, and she was at the back drawing. And the teacher said this girl hardly ever paid attention, and in this drawing lesson, she did. The teacher was fascinated. She went over to her, and she said, What are you drawing? And the girl said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, But nobody knows what God looks like. And the, the girl said, They will in a minute. When my son was four, he was in the nativity play. Do you remember the story? James got the part of Joseph, which we were thrilled about. We consider this to be one of the lead parts. He didn't have to speak, but you know the bit where the three kings come in? They come in bearing gold gifts, gold, frankincense, and mirth. They just switched. The three boys came in, four-year-olds with tea towels on their heads. They put these boxes down, and the first boy said, I bring you gold. The second boy said, I bring you mirth. And the third boy said, Frank sent this. What these things have in common is that kids will take a chance. If they don't know, they'll have a go. Am I right? They're not frightened of being wrong. If you're not prepared to be wrong, you'll never end up with anything original. And by the time they get to be adults, most kids have lost this capacity. They have become frightened of being wrong. And we run our companies like this. We stigmatize mistakes. We're now running national education education systems where mistakes are the worst thing you can make. And the result is we are educating people out of their creative capacities. Picasso once said this. He said all children are born artists. The problem is to remain artists as we grow up. We don't grow into creativity. We grow out of it. Or rather, we get educated out of it. So why is this? Every education system on earth has the same hierarchy of subjects. Every one. Doesn't matter where you go. You think it'd be otherwise, but it isn't. At the top are mathematics and languages, then humanities. At the bottom are the arts. Everywhere on earth, and pretty much in every system too, there is a hierarchy within the arts. Art and music are normally given a higher status in schools than drama and dance. There isn't an educational system on the planet that teaches dance every day to children the way we teach them mathematics. Why? Why not? I think this is rather important. I think math is very important, but so is dance. Children dance all the time if they're allowed to. We all do. Our education system is predicated on the idea of academic ability. And there's a reason. Around the world, there were no public systems of education, really, before the 19th century. They all came into being to meet the needs of industrialism. So hierarchy is rooted on two ideas. Number one, the most useful subjects for work are at the top. So you were probably steered benignly away from the things at school when you were a kid. Things you liked. On the grounds you would never get a job doing that. Is that right? Don't do music. You're not going to be a musician. Don't do art. You won't be an artist. Benign advice. Now profoundly mistaken. The whole world is engulfed in a revolution. And the second is academic ability, which has really come to dominate our view of intelligence. Because the universities designed the system in their image, 
If you think of it, the whole system of public education around the world is a protracted process of university entrance, and the consequence is that many highly talented, brilliant, creative people think they are not, because the thing they were good at at school wasn't valued or was actually stigmatized, and I think we can't afford to go on that way. We know three things about intelligence. One is it's diverse. We think about the world in all the kinds of ways we experience it. We think visually, we think in sound, we think kinetically, we think in abstract terms, we think in movement. Secondly, intelligence is dynamic. If you look at the interactions of a human brain, intelligence is wonderfully interactive. The brain isn't divided into compartments. In fact, creativity, which I define as the process of having original ideas that have value, more often than not, comes through the interaction of different disciplinary ways of seeing things. I'm fascinated by how people discover their talent. Gillian Lin, she's a choreographer. Everybody knows her work. She did Cats and Phantom of the Opera. Gillian and I had lunch one day. I said, how did you get to be a dancer? It was interesting. When she was at school, she was really hopeless. And the school in the 30s wrote to her parents and said, we think Gillian has a learning disorder. She couldn't concentrate. She was fidgeting. And I think now they'd say she has ADHD, wouldn't you? But this was the 1930s, and ADHD hadn't been invented at this point. It wasn't an available condition. She went to see a specialist. So this oak-paneled room, she was there with her mother. She was led and sat on this chair at the end, and she sat on her hands for 20 minutes while this man talked to her mother about all the problems Gillian was having at school because she was disturbing people, her homework was always late, and so on. Little Cade of eight. In the end, the doctor went and sat next to Jillian and said, I've listened to all these things your mother's told me. I need to speak to her privately. Wait here. We'll be back. We won't be very long. And they went and left her. But as they went out of the room, he turned on the radio that was sitting on his desk. And when they got out of the room, he said to her mother, just stand and watch her. And the minute they left the room, she was on her feet, moving to the music. And they watched for a few minutes, but he turned to her mother and said, Miss Lynn, Gillian isn't sick. She's a dancer. Take her to dance school. I said, what happened? She said, she did, and I can't tell you how wonderful it was. We walked into this room, and it was full of people like me. People who couldn't sit still. People who had to move to think. Who had to move to think. They did ballet, they did tap, jazz, they did modern, they did contemporary. She was eventually auditioned for the Royal Ballet School. She became a soloist. She had a wonderful career at the Royal Ballet. She eventually graduated from the Royal Ballet School, founded Gillian Lee Dance Company. She's been responsible for some of the most successful musical theater productions in history. She's given pleasure to millions, and she's a multimillionaire. Somebody else might have put her on medication and told her to calm down. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. The gift of human imagination. We have to be careful now that we use this gift wisely. And the only way we'll do it is by seeing our creative capacities for the richness they are and by seeing our children for the hope that they are. And our task is to educate their whole being so that they can face this future by the way, we may not see this future, but they will, and our job is to help them make something of it. Thank you very much.